Welcome to the Callaway Golf Podcast, part of the Callaway Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jeff Newbarth. Welcome to Callaway Golf Podcast. Jeff Newbarth here. Happy Thursday, everybody. So much going on, uh, but we are beyond excited to be joined by a Hall of Famer. Retief Goosen, thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of your day and joining us from uh, Isleworth in uh, beautiful uh, Orlando, Florida. Oh, yeah. We can't uh, complain being down here in lockdown. The weather has been unbelievable. Uh, uh, you know, we're lucky our golf course is still open. Um, you know, uh, it, it's not a bad place to be on lockdown, but uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's been tough for a lot of people. All right. Well, we're going to get into uh, some some uh, lessons, sort of what you've been doing during uh, the quarantine, but also uh, kind of reflecting back on on such an amazing career, including two U.S. Opens, which I have about 4,000 questions. But the main thing is we want to hear the questions you guys at home would love to ask Retief over the next 30 minutes. So please comment uh, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or hit us up on Twitter. And uh, Josh, Jen, and Matt will feed those questions to me. And I already have a whole list of them. So let's get right into some of these questions, Retief, from Chris. What's your favorite course back in South Africa? Oh, you know, uh, besides the, the little golf course I grew up on, uh, Polokwane Golf Club, uh, I would say the Gary Player uh, Country Club at Sun City is definitely uh, my favorite course in South Africa. It's, uh, uh, it's a place I played since I was a junior, and I just love that place and a golf course. Cody Carlson wants to know, are you still using those leather grips or have you changed to something else? <laughs> no, I still keep going on those leather grips. Uh, the Gripmaster, Australian company. Uh, it's probably been 10 years now I've been using those leather grips. So I don't know. I just, there's been times that I thought, well, maybe I'll try something else, but I just don't find anything else as good. I mean, those grips, uh, especially in humid conditions, are as tacky as they can get. So that's what, that's what you need to hold on to that club. All right, Bruce Zare on Facebook says he loves the beard. Any grooming tips you want to give? Uh, I mean, this is just pure laziness. You know, can't be bothered <laughs> getting up in the mornings and uh, and uh, shaving. Um, generally, when I take a break, I try and put the razor down for a little bit. And I actually tidied it up a little bit just for you guys. You should have seen uh, me yesterday. We appreciate it. <laughs> we appreciate it. Now, speaking of yesterday, you said yesterday was uh, – because you, you were – at TPC Sawgrass, uh, by winning the senior players, uh, you were the Champions Tour representative at the players. Uh, so you had a yeah. short drive home after uh, they decided to to postpone their cancel the tournament. Uh, but you haven't played a lot of golf since then, right? I've, I've played yesterday the first time I played eighteen holes since <laughs> that <laughs> uh, uh, Thursday first round at uh, at Sawgrass. Yeah, it uh, it. Uh, uh, you know, when, when I take time off, I sort of try and get away from the game a little bit. Uh, obviously, this is forced uh, uh, time off. But, uh, uh, yeah, yesterday the game was a bit rough. I can, <laughs> I can tell you that. I think I made five birdies, uh, two double bogeys, and three bogeys. So the game was all over the place. But uh, it was nice to get out there and play uh, with a couple of friends and my son. Uh, yesterday uh, for the first time in seven weeks it's been uh, uh, it's been good getting away from the game and doing other things around the house and spending time with the family that uh, things you don't normally do when you're on the road all the time 
Do you think it's easier to have this sort of forced time off as a member of the Champions Tour? Because, I mean, once you're in the Hall of Fame, I think you've checked most of the boxes you need to, to check in the game of golf. Like, what do you think about if, if you would have been in your mid-20s or, you know, kind of at the height of your, your PGA Tour, you know, competitiveness, would you be in a different state about this, this off time? Oh, yeah, I'm sure I'll be rolling my fingers the whole time, itching to just get out there and play. Uh, uh, you know, I remember, yeah, I, I, I could play 10 weeks in a row when I was uh, mm-hmm. on tour. It, it definitely was an issue to, uh, to get out there and just keep going. But so I can, I can feel for the guys that's, you know, just getting on tour now and ready to get going and make a career out there. Uh, this is definitely a... Uh, sort of a bit of a, a stab in the side of the of the body having to just sit at home and try and find things to uh, uh, keep your game uh, active you know not everywhere the golf courses are open uh, in south africa all the golf courses are closed we're lucky here in florida the courses are open in most places so um, you could still keep on top of your game but if if you live in a country where it's total lockdown it's pretty tough to stay on top yeah, for sure. And that's where I think it's going to be so challenging when all of the tours resume, because you do have worldwide players who, A, you know, are going to have some travel challenges and B, trying to uh, fit it out. Uh, Julius Young wants to know, when you're practicing, when you're grinding uh, out there on the range at Iowa, how many balls do you hit a day approximately? Uh, you know, I think my grinding days uh, has been when I was young, standing on a range for hours and uh, for hours on a short game. Nowadays, it's, you know, I probably won't hit more than, more than 100 balls, really. Um, I, I find that I, I, uh, I try and slow my practicing down a little bit more now than I used to. I mean, when you were young and strong and you could just whack ball after, after ball after ball and not really get tired. But as you get older and you're not as practice fit as you used to be, uh, you know, I tend to hit like 10, 20 balls and take a bit of a rest um, because if you just stand here and you're hitting balls and you're not really focusing and giving all your energy on every shot, you're sort of wasting your time really. You've got to, you've got to pace your practice. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's not necessarily the quantity, it's the quality of, of your practice routine. And uh, So I try and practice more a routine like I would on a golf course. I mean, when you're on a golf course, you hit a shot, and then it takes you five minutes to walk to the ball and then you hit another shot, you know. So it's, you sort of got to face your practice and uh, 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 not hit a lot of balls. Or if you want to take yourself all day to hit balls, but just make sure that every shot you hit is, is committed fully. Otherwise, yeah, you're just sort of wasting your time a little. One of the most impressive ones I saw was uh, when Tom Watson, uh, another Hall of Famer, came out to uh, Callaway to our uh, performance center. And this was before his final Masters uh, that he was playing. And he, he sat on the, the range there. It was kind of late in the day after we had shot a TV commercial with him. And he walked through his different tee shots for all 18 holes at Augusta in order. So on one, he was trying to avoid the bunker. And then on two, he was trying to get it, sling it around the corner. And he told me this is something he used to do uh, when he was at the height of his his competitive days there, that he would simulate playing golf courses. Do you ever do that? Like when you were getting ready for Shinnecock, uh, did you go like find some tile and practice hitting approaches that would have to land on tile or hardwood floors or stuff <laughs> to get ready? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it's it's quite hard finding that kind of conditions anyway to practice on uh, that You're week, especially. Um, uh, but if you want to putt on a snooker table and turn tilt mm-hmm. it a little bit, then you'll get used to the speed. You know, the same with Augusta. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, in the in the back of your mind, when you're standing on a range there and you're warming up, you would think, okay, well, I've got a seven iron here, and which holes you're going to probably have to hit a seven iron, <coughs> like. Uh, Number number seven at Shinnecock when we played it yeah. that year with that right to left wind and that green that was so hard to keep it on. Uh, yeah, well, that's when, especially in two thousand four. Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people, um, uh, you know, they started syringing the greens. Uh, that's where it got a little crazy. Yeah, and uh, you know, I hit probably the four perfect shots. I, I hit that green every day, and you know, standing on a range, the shot I had in mind was a high cut up against the wind to bring the ball down as softly as possible. If you hit a draw, the ball was gone. Yeah. And so, yeah, warming up that morning and when I got to my seven iron, I was hitting that high cut. So, yeah, you you, you definitely mentally on the range uh, try and feel and see shots you're going to have to hit on the golf course. So I was at Chinnacock the last time the U.S. Open was there and really got to walk the golf course early, early in the week and, and got the appreciation of it. 11 one-putt greens on that Sunday and 31 one-putts for the championship. I mean, have you ever had a better putting <laughs> week than, than 2004 at Shinnecock? You know, uh, probably probably not, you know. I mean, uh, but I probably have had rounds with it. I putted like that, if not better. But, uh, you know, putting was always a strong part of my game. Um, but, yeah, to do it under the pressure, under those conditions, uh, it's uh, – pretty special um, but generally you know any golf tournament the guy that wins the end of that week has been number one or two in putting for the week or number one in scrambling uh, mm-hmm. you got everything that week going your way and uh, get it up and down and that's how you save the shots and by the end of the week hopefully just that enough to to win all right well that was one of the most impressive uh, performances I've ever seen. Here's a question from my buddy Scott Owen down in Pontevedra Beach. Uh, he lives very, very close to the aforementioned Hall of Fame, and he says the outfit of Ratifs at the Hall of Fame that he was wearing when he got struck by lightning is pretty incredible. I know you've told the story four billion times, so we don't need to tell again. Everyone else can go, can go uh, look it up. But what do you remember most about that outfit? And was that like a fun moment being able to do, to donate that to to Golf's Hall of Fame? Yeah, you know my. My uh, mom, obviously, when I was in hospital, uh, got the clothes from uh, the doctors and she she hid it for a while, put it in a plastic bag and put it away because uh, I, I was well known if I didn't want anything anymore, I would throw it away. And uh, <laughs> uh, My dad kept a few things and my mom kept a few things. Uh, yeah, the clothes actually in all of fame, when it's on that mannequin, it, it almost looks a little better than what it, or it doesn't look as bad as it was. Um, but uh, <laughs> the, I mean, the clothes, uh, obviously, I got totally blown out of my clothes and, and shoes. Uh, now, whenever you get hit by lightning, you're definitely uh, uh, lucky to survive uh, that uh, little shock. Um, 
But, you know, it, it's given me a little spark, and uh, the game went pretty good <laughs> after that. Come on, a little spark. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have tons of questions coming in here. Here we are with Retief Goosen on the Callaway Golf Podcast. Uh, Retief, what is a swing key? This is from Dan. I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name, Dan. Sorry. What is a swing key you have used with your swing consistently over the years? Has there been some type of commonality through all the years? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure all the, uh, the the top players have a little key in their swing that they try and stick to that calms them down under pressure or or something they can go back to um, when you're not swinging it too well. Uh, you should, uh, in the back of your mind, have something that you can trigger yourself or find something during a round sometimes to fix your own yeah. swing. And, uh, you know, not all the caddies uh, know all the players to swing. Some caddies teach some players so they know exactly what's going on, maybe. But uh, there's always been little things when I'm, like, overhooking, I would try and think, yeah, maybe I'd an old habit of something at a dress or something that creeps in that, that, uh, keeps coming back. Um, so yeah, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn your, you gotta learn your own swing. It's no, uh, use just having a coach standing behind you on a range every day, trying to tell you what to do. When, once you're out on a golf course, you should know your own swing too, and be able to, to, uh, uh find something. But for me, a key has always been, you know, focus on, on good rhythm. When you when you're playing in a tournament and you're under pressure, you pumped up anyway. You don't need to think about hitting it hard. It just sort of happens naturally. But so you got to f- focus on the good tempo and the swing and control your speed. Stephen wants to know uh, your thoughts on the Maverick driver and of the uh, different models that Callaway has available. Which one is uh, are you gaming right now? I got uh, I got the Maverick in it. Uh, uh, I got the three star. Mm-hmm. And, uh, triple, triple, yeah. Oh, triple, uh, triple diamond, uh, triple diamond. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. no, I, I, uh, I love the club, you know, it feels, it feels great. Uh, uh, unfortunately this year it's not been much play with it. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you know, the beginning of the year started off okay. And, and obviously yeah. we know what's happened the last few months, but, uh, um, so really looking forward to getting back out there and, and, putting it back in play. Uh, obviously, it's still in my bag. Uh, I use a, uh, a eight and a half degree driver to set at minus one degree. So I'm playing actually about a seven and a half degree driver. I just like, uh, uh, I've always been somebody to hit the ball fairly high. So on a driver, I need quite a strong loft. All right. I promise you this is an actual question <laughs> from Sean. Uh, Sean wants to know how many hole-in-ones do you have and does one stand out? Oh, um, I've had uh, 11 holding ones. Um, the one that obviously stands out the most is your first one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, I had that in a junior golf tournament when I was about 14 in uh, Pretoria, South Africa. I played a, uh, a junior weekend junior event. And I remember I got on this little par three over water, eight iron, and it just hit this beautiful draw and the ball landed, boom, went in. And I was just like, what? <laughs> you know, just jumped up and down when you have that first one. It's, uh, that one is always going to stay with you. All right. And uh, this is Jeff from Del Mar asking, how many whole, how many at Isleworth? I haven't had anything at Isleworth, unfortunately. I've been close. Uh, you're talking, you know, inches. But uh, uh, hopefully one day, you know, uh, I, we, we were working on it hard on trying to get a Champions Tour event here at Isleworth. 
And, oh, nice. Uh, uh, hopefully, when if that happens, hopefully next year, um, hopefully I'll have a holy one that week. That'd be a good one to have. Yeah, well, I told you the reason I asked that. I told you right before. So I, I, I've been lucky enough to play that golf course uh, with my buddy John Cook. So John and I were playing one time with a couple guys who were on the show, The Big Break. Uh, and John hit a, a, a an iron, I think a four iron on number five. And as soon as he hit it and went off the face, <coughs> he just looked at us, tossed the club and goes, cocktails. And the ball hits <laughs> and rolls in. So fast forward about a year, year and a half later, I was telling that story driving from four green to five tee. I hit a hybrid. I'm not hitting an iron uh, from that back tee to that green. Hit it. And I jokingly said cocktails because it was heading towards the hole and it rolled all the way in. So the only hole in one I have is uh, fifth hole at, uh, at Iworth. So I finally, I, I, I'm one-upping a Hall of Famer. More hole in ones than Iworth. Who would have guessed that yeah. I, I took you on that one? And that's, now you're going to go uh, out there a, and sit there until you get one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good only one too. It's a, it's a stronghold that, as you say, it, it's probably around 230 yards from the back. So yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good yeah, one. It was, it was awesome. It's, it's, I, I tell you, I've been lucky enough to play that golf course. And uh, uh, like I was joking with you before, number two to me is the hardest hole on the planet. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know how wide the opening is between the trees for the par three, but I would love to see a champions event there. That's a great idea. Yeah, that'd be a good, good trip to be. All right. Uh, Barry Martin wants to know, what are your goals for the next couple of seasons? Well, uh, you know, my goal, obviously, it would be great to uh, uh, get some more victories on a, on a Champions Tour. Um, this year, I was one shot away from, from winning the Charles Schwab Cup and everything else that goes with it. Uh, uh, so this season has been off to a really slow start. Um, but then again, last year, I, I got off to a slow start too. And uh, early in the year, I didn't play too great. And then I hurt a finger and I was off for about six weeks. And, uh, and then got back into it. And now it's going to be a similar thing. So uh, once we kick back up uh, in July, it looks like we're only going to have probably 13, maximum of 13 events left for the season. Uh, right. And and in a run of 15 weeks. So it's going to be, you know, I like to play, play a lot and get play fit. So if we're going to have a good six, seven week run, that's what I sort of like looking forward to and uh, get play fit and get into a good rhythm and try and win some events. For sure. That makes total sense. Uh, Corey wants to know what's your favorite putting drill. If you're going to be working on the short game. Putting. Yeah. You know, putting is uh uh, very personal. Everybody has uh, stand a certain way, hold the putter a certain way. Uh, uh, but you know, putting is 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 a lot in the eyes too. You you need to be able to control your eyes and and slow your eye movements down in putting. I mean, putting is the slow uh, process, and uh, you know, just looking from the ball to the hole. It's it's not a quick glance it needs to be a slow rhythmical look seeing along your line uh don't be too snatch over your eyes just keep it nice and smooth and hopefully that helps with your 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 stroke too just to see that smoothness in the stroke uh, so eye eye movement and eye uh, visualizations on putting is uh, very important makes total sense to me our next question comes from ray wilson 
What's the biggest mistake you see amateurs make in driving the golf ball? I mean, you've played 8 billion pro-ams, and I'm sure you've seen every <laughs> shot under the, the sun. What's uh, the most consistent thing you see us ams doing wrong? With a driver? It yes. is, uh, you know, a driver is a club. When you put it in your hand, you, you sort of think, i got to hit this thing as hard as I can. It's, it's just a natural uh, thing, and we all want to hit it far. But the main thing is to is to time it right and hit it out the middle of the club face. Um, the more you can just get consistent striking out of the m- middle of the club face, the better it's going to be to uh, to hit it more consistent. Uh, also, I think a lot of thing I notice with a lot of amateurs that their drivers are a little too strong. You know, they, I think they with modern technology and the way Callaway even sets up their drivers now, bringing the spin down and all that stuff, get a driver with a lot of loft. Because I mean, some amateurs say, you know, I, 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 I hit my three woods so nice, but I can't hit my drive. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you got 16 degrees loft on your three woods. So use 12 degrees on your driver or up to day and, and see the difference. Get the ball in the air and let it fly. Yeah, that makes sense. And, um, you know, look, I think that especially if we're not playing some of the courses where the fairways are, are quite as, as hard as they are on the PGA tour, where you guys can, and champions tour, you guys can really benefit from hit and run where, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us, you know, we don't have that. So carry would certainly be uh, something that would help us talk to me. Rick wants to know about the competition on the champions tour versus the PGA tour. Cause I remember, um, you know, when, when, when back when it was called the senior tour, when it was, you know, um, Trevino and it was, uh, Jack and, and Mr. Palmer was still playing and Chichi Rodriguez. It, it, it sort of seemed like it was a bunch of, of fun and games, but now it, it's, you know, like I went to the event in Newport a couple of years ago and, and walked 18 holes with, with cookie. And that was hardcore intensity in his group. Like it, it felt no different than a PGA tour event. Definitely. You know, when Jack and them were playing, I can guarantee it might've looked like fun and games, but in the inside it's all, all out go and want to beat, beat the best and be the best. Uh, 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 and it's no different on a champion's tour. The guys might seem a bit more relaxed and jokes going on. And, but once they get on that first tee, it's, uh, it's, it's pull out, grind. And the big difference about the uh, champion's tour to the main tour is you've got to shoot lower. Uh, on the PGA Tour, you're you, you stuck with four or five-inch rough, uh, uh, longer golf courses, so the winning score, you know, 12 under for the week, let's say. But on the Champions Tour, you've got to regularly shoot around 15 under for three rounds to have a chance to win. Um, we, we play golf courses that the, the, the main thing is, is the rough. The, the rough is not nearly as severe as what they do on a PGA Tour. So if you do it in a rough, you've got a good chance of getting it onto the green. Um, uh, and so you gotta you got to shoot really low each round to have a chance to win. I know it was canceled this year, but the, the, the Senior Open is the one time when you don't have that. Um, I've been lucky enough to work most of them. I didn't do last year's, but, you know, Scioto, that had some rough. Uh, the Broadmoor mm. had brutal rough. Um, I'm sure last year at uh, Notre Dame there, there was some decent, decent rough. Do, do you like – that one week a year when you can kind of go back into sort of what was a little more familiar in terms of major championship setup, or do you kind of like this, this setup at the champions tour? You know, I, I, I prefer the courses that's uh, 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 tougher for some reason, all my wins uh, uh, has come on tough golf courses. Um, 
Uh, I'm not somebody that win with 22 and a par golf courses, really. I don't know. I, I find the golf courses where, you know, uh, 10 under less is, is the courses I do like. And because uh, it's more of a grind, you know, you feel like some of the holes, like at the US Open, if you make a par, it feels like a birdie because it. Yeah, you pick up a shot on, on the field. You pick up a shot on the champion. So you make a par, you lose 20 spots. Um, so I do, uh, I mean, uh, last year when I won at uh, Akron, the course played really tough. I won with five under par. Um, so uh, I, do, I do like the tougher golf courses. See, I love uh, that the Champions Tour has started going to courses that the PGA Tour has left. Um, so I, I think that that's, you know, great. Like I used to love every year working the, uh, the BC open. Cause we used to back in the day when USA network had golf, we had the opposite event, uh, of, of the British at that time. And now that Endicott New York gets a champions tour event and Dick sporting goods does a great job with that. And just like you said, Firestone, uh, you know, the world series, and then they had other events at Akron. Do you like going back to these courses like the woodlands you guys would have been at, uh, last week? Yeah, you, you like know, that? these are all these are all great golf courses and and that's why the PGA Tour used to be there. But uh, the mm-hmm. thing now is is length. Yeah. Uh, those golf courses for the regular tour is is out of date. They you know, probably thirty, forty yards each hole too short for for the uh, uh, regular tour. Um so the champions tour we we actually go around and play all these great golf courses again that uh, that the tour used to play on, and uh, it brings back some good memories and some bad ones. But uh, 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 overall, you know, we're really, really lucky with the golf courses we play. Yeah, last couple questions here with Retief Goosen on the Callaway Golf Podcast. Next week, we're going to have Alex Norin and Sebastian Kaplan. So we got uh, a European week next week on the Callaway Golf Podcast. You want to check that out? Of course, you want to check out The Fitting Room with Nate and Dave. They held a show on Monday. And Girls in Golf uh, as well with Lex and Sarah. But Retief, um, you, like we mentioned at the top, played at TPC Sawgrass. What's it like one week a year getting back out there with with all the young guys? You're the only Champions Tour member in the field. Uh, What's that week like uh, up until, obviously, the crazy end of it? That was nice to see some of the younger guys again that uh, 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 that still plays out there. You know, I'm, I've always been good friends with Sergio. It's good to see them out there, uh, guys that I haven't seen for a while. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you play and who you play. You got to hit it down the fairway, hit it, hit it on the green, make the putt. And, you know, I shot a reasonable uh, first round there, two under par. Um, uh, could have been a little That's better. Better than but, reasonable. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I love the golf course. Uh, the golf course is in such a good shape, and the way the greens were firming up and everything, uh, I really loved it. And uh, yeah, that that evening, uh, suddenly it came that there's going to be no spectators, and I turned my light off, went to sleep, and then um, my hotel phone rings, and it's my manager saying, uh, "Sorry, it's now completely cancelled." So yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a shock to the system, and. Uh, and then, yeah, it was quite a weird feeling going to the clubhouse the, the following morning to pick up your sticks and, you know, get out of there. It, uh, but let's hope we get over this very soon and uh, everybody is uh, sort of back to normality. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I hope selfishly that uh, no matter what the rest of the Champions Tour schedule looks like this year, that they allow you to play next year. 
at the players uh, because I think you earned that spot and it's not fair that you got it taken away after one round. And quite frankly, you beat so many pros out there with that two <laughs> under par score. So you showed you belong. Yeah, no, it, it, it obviously would be, uh, um, sorry, I've uh, got a phone That's call right. here. There, there you go. Um, no, it, it would be uh, 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 really good to be back. Uh, and that's going to be a decision for uh, for that tour. Who knows if they're going to just uh, uh, forget about this year and next year is next year. But uh, yeah. uh, the Bridgestone event is going to be on the schedule at the moment uh, later in the year, year uh, August. And uh, I just have to go out there and win it again. Just win it know? again. <laughs> Win it again. Perfect way to end this. Ratif Goosen, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the Cavalry Golf Podcast. And I hope uh, the next time you come out to uh, Carlsbad, when you put Bjorn through his paces to make sure he could get you dial into the right equipment, we can find some time to film some content with you. Because I would love uh, for our fans and our viewers to get to see some of uh, your, your action on video and help people get better with the game. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I'm uh... I'm uh, really a big fan of Callaway, and it's a great, uh, great equipment company and the people too. So, very much looking forward to uh, getting out there and winning with Callaway again. Absolutely, we look forward to supporting you the whole time. Thanks so much for spending some time with us on the Callaway Golf Podcast. Again, as I mentioned, Alex Noren will be our guest Tuesday uh, morning out here on the West Coast, uh, just before lunch for those of you. Uh, on the East Coast a little bit later in the day for everyone in Europe. So thanks so much for watching and listening, and we will see you on Tuesday.